Hey everyone, we are back with another exciting episode celebrating Black History Month with some amazing guests from HBCU marching bands. We will also find out what made Steven say... Cypress Creek High School, February 11th, 3 p.m., <laughs> scoring a 79.7. <laughs> and hey, Justin is back! Woo! Oh my gosh, I learned so much more in marching band than I did in the PE classes that I had to take at summer school. All this and more on this week's On a Water Break. Let's go, set it up. Top of the show. Form, check form. Cover down. Do it again. Run it back. And we'll see you at the show. Welcome to another episode of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. This week, we have a great group of hosts and some amazing interviews coming up for the month of February as we celebrate Black history and the marching arts. Before we bring in those guests, let's see who's hanging out with us on the sidelines this week. Steven's back. What's up, dude? Hey, Jackie. Happy to be here. Happy to see you once again. And Justin has returned. How hey, you doing, everybody. Um, I'm doing well, doing well. Um, had some uh, projects and things that had to take me away for a while, but I'm really happy to be back. I am very excited to be back. For those of you who don't know, Justin and I marched drum corps together way back in the day. And so oh, we're, we're, I was unaware we're of brothers for sure. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so before we jump into this rehearsal too deep, we want to introduce a little segment we are calling the Winter Watch. Each week, we will have our hosts and correspondents fanning out around the country to keep us up on what's going on with the winter activity. This week, we have everyone's favorite band mom, Cindy Berry, a.k.a. Leander Mama, right up front to give us what's happening in Winterguard right now. Take it away, Cindy. Hello again, band and color guard friends. It's Leander Mama back with today's Mama Minute. Today I'm doing a Winter Guard recap, so maybe we should call it a Winter Mama Minute. Anyway, those of you like myself who follow the Winter Guard season know that it's already underway and we have had several great contests already. The local circuits have been holding their competitions the last few weeks and our very first set of WGI competitions were held this past weekend in four different cities. Now I can't be at all of these amazing shows and unfortunately, Flow Marching is only covering a few of them, but I do have a subscription and I caught all of the action over the weekend in Avon, Indiana, which is what I will be focusing on today. Now, one of the beautiful things about Winter Guard Contest held in the Indianapolis area is that you truly get a chance to see a good number of the very best guards in the entire country. And that was exactly what we saw at Avon High School. In Scholastic A, we saw the varsity guard from Reese Puffer High School in Michigan take first place. Reese Puffer is a name you might recognize from their attending Grand Nationals last fall. In the Scholastic Open Class Division, there were a lot of familiar names. Names like Franklin Central High School from Indianapolis, Centerville High School from Centerville, Ohio, and Bellbrook High School, also from Ohio. In fact, your top three guards in the open class division were all from Ohio. 
We had Centerville in third, Milford in second, and Bellbrook High School took first place with their beautiful show called Both Sides, performed to the lovely old classic Joni Mitchell song about clouds called Both Sides Now. The guard looked absolutely dreamy and all white, and they gave a truly wonderful first place performance. Now I have to quickly take a minute here and give a shout out to the Northmont High School program, also from Ohio, who placed fifth in the open class, performing their show about grief called Moving On. Y'all, this show was so lovely and so melancholy, and it was performed to a piece of music by French composer Armand Armar, and it was the same music that the pair's figure skaters from Germany won the Olympics with back in 2018. You guys, I have been dying ever since that 2018 figure skating performance for a winter guard to do a show to that stunning piece of music. And finally, someone has, and they did it very well. Thank you, Northmont High School. Okay, moving on to the final scholastic class at WGI Avon, the Scholastic World Class, where seven groups competed for the top honors. And many of these groups are part of the best guards you will ever see. Your third place world guard last weekend was the Miamisburg, Ohio High School Guard with their show Over the Moon. Now Miamisburg is no newcomer to this classification. In fact, this is their 39th year as a Scholastic World Class Guard, and that is an incredible accomplishment. You can't just decide to call yourself a World Guard. You have to earn that distinction, and the Miamisburg Guard has definitely continued to earn it many times over. As you have probably already figured out, your top two guards in Scholastic World Competition last weekend, yep, they were from Avon and Carmel High Schools. These two groups have been battling it out for top honors for years, and I am sure that they will continue to do so. Excellence is nothing new to these students, and belonging to one of these guards is something that young kids dream of in the Indianapolis area. Carmel managed to take home the first place trophy last weekend, but Avon was close behind and knocking right at their door. It's going to be a close race between them all season, I know. Carmel's show is called Lean On Me, and the guard performs their show around a piano that is rolled all over the floor. But the really cool part was how the guard creatively stored a lot of their equipment inside piano benches that were used as props in the show. So basically, they would sit down on the bench, pull out a rifle from inside of it, and then effortlessly toss it up in the air for a large number of rotations. I don't know, like maybe nine or ten? Okay, no, I know, I'm exaggerating, but these kids are so good that you sometimes forget that they are just high school students. Avon's show is called Jane Bond, and it's a darker theme for them, but a very entertaining one that uses a lot of different styles of music, from Billie Eilish's No Time to Die, some James Bond theme music where they are tossing rifles from pretty much one side of the floor to the other, Sam Smith's Writing on the Wall, and several other familiar songs that basically say something about dying or not dying or trying to live and not die. You get the idea. Either way, I was definitely about to keel over watching Avon perform all of the stunts and tricks that they are so famous for, and they are just going to get better and better as the season progresses. 
dare I say that they are going to kill it in Dayton at World Championships? Well, that's all I have for today's Winter Guard Minute. Even though there were lots of other guards and contests that I could talk about, we didn't even mention the independent guards like Onyx or Pride of Cincinnati, who were also there and did amazing things that there aren't even words for. Maybe I will have the opportunity to talk more about these ladies and gentlemen in another podcast. They certainly deserve it. Well, be sure and keep listening, my friends, because I will definitely have more to say as the season goes on. And you will find me live in Leander in a few weeks at WGI Austin, where we will get our first look at the new World Guard at Johnson High School and Texas's legendary World Guard from the Woodlands High School. Thanks for listening, y'all, and have a great week. Oh my gosh, Cindy, that's so awesome. I love the fact that we're covering the Indy Regional. Being from Indiana, it's just warms my heart to see all of those um, guards that I used to watch when I was living there and even teach. I mean, I'm so excited for my alma mater and a group that I actually was teaching before I moved down here to Florida, Pendleton Heights High School. It was their first WGI Regional Finals that they have made in school history. So just coming from that group. (laughs) Yeah. So just coming from that group and being able to see how much they've expanded and now they're an open class, like it just warms my heart. So I love the Indy Regional. It always brings out such great performances. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, go ahead, Steven. (laughs) I was just going to say, she has such a great way of describing all these shows. I can't wait to hear what she has to say about the the World Guards, too, the independent world groups. Uh, For sure. I just wanted to point out, anybody who has been watching our podcast, or if you haven't, maybe you want to go back and listen to this episode. We did an episode about being a parent in the marching arts, and uh, Susie Harloff is from Avon, and she was a guest on that episode back oh gosh what was it december maybe i don't remember when <laughs> i don't remember it's been a while since we recorded that one oh, but, i uh, love but yeah, Susie. She's awesome me too she's so sweet uh the kc regional was also this weekend and that's in my state so i feel like i kind of need to need to little give a little bit of a recap there because uh National Avenue and Pride of Missouri State are both Missouri State teams, and they both topped out their classes in IA and IO. And uh, you were talking about your alma mater. Mm-hmm. My alma mater, Ionic Winterguard, was second place in IA class in the KC Regional. Awesome. So I am pretty excited about them. They've been really, like, doing some awesome things there. When I was there, they actually, like – shut the winter guard program down it was kind of like on the downhill at the time and i did winter guard for two years while i was there and then uh it was like their last two years and then they like uh one of the alumni from back then came back and she restarted the winter guard uh christina and mm-hmm. oh my gosh she's just been going so many awesome places with it oh, so. that's so cool that was really awesome to see that they did so well <laughs> <laughs> love it uh so steven of course, you are doing our percussion deep dive. So what's going on over in percussion land? Oh, yeah. So percussion competitive season is just heating up, and that's got me really excited as I've been getting ready for this week's show. Uh, there haven't been any percussion regionals yet, so they got the videos under lock and key. And I don't know a lot about these shows yet. 
But I got some exciting info nonetheless. So here we go. Um, in Southern California, Broken City scored an 86.2 and Chino Hills scored an 85.65 this last weekend. So both of those are the Wait. highest world class. Yeah, what? <laughs> this is only like this. Wow. How many weekends have they been out so far? Uh, I think that was both of their first shows of the year. Wow. Oh, and it's a, it, they're local circuit shows, so it's a little higher than they would probably score at WGI. But I promise you, it's but it's still. not that unjustified. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Uh, both of those, like like you were kind of getting at, they're the highest world class scores I've seen so far this year. Uh, they also both received the same exact music caption score, a ninety one eighty eight. So I'm excited, <sighs> thinking there's going to be a lot of great music this year coming oh. from the West Coast. Jesus. Yeah, they broke That's ninety awesome. in a sub caption oh yeah. at their first show in February. <laughs> um, but uh, Pulse and RCC, they faced off the week prior to that at the first SCPA show of the year on February 4th. Pulse came out there with an 85.625. RCC not too far behind with an 83.5. Um, wow. And to me, I feel like this looks a little bit like what I'm used to seeing over there. Pulse usually likes to design something really great right away clean it all season long so i wouldn't be surprised if their show is already stellar rcc usually likes to take their time revamp it massage it for months and then at the end of the year they come out and they have a really effective show so i think these are all going to develop real interestingly across the next two months uh WGI, at those same... when they get to world championships they're going to be like oh what did you score oh 120 we have to like change the scale just to, just to fit all these world guards up here. It's coming one of these days. It's bound to happen. Um, <laughs> on the scholastic side of those same competitions, Pacifica High School got off to a good start in A. They beat 19 other A-class groups at last weekend's show at La Quinta High School. Wow. Uh, which, shout-outs to La Quinta as well for doing great in open class. They earned the highest sub-score at their home show. Unfortunately, nice. though, had a little bit of a timing penalty placed second mm. behind gar high school those um, pesky penalties uh, i think they'll they'll figure it out by the end of the year <laughs> they got a lot more chances sure sure <laughs> um uh moving over towards the midwest my hometown hero rhythm x had a strong first show at mipa northmont scored an 84.3 and mcm scored an i i hear you justin it was, <laughs> it's always been my favorite um mine too mine <laughs> if too you can tell anything about my marching career and where i wound up um, but uh, the MCM, they were able to score an 82.5 at S, uh, SCGC Green Hill. Uh, with these two groups, though, it's always tough. They don't really get to see any of the other world-class groups up there in the top five until finals. So mm. it's always kind of like that uh, dark horse that you don't know what's going to happen until they get to Dayton. Um, but elsewhere throughout the Midwest, Cap City performed twice this last weekend at two different OIPA shows, uh, managed to pull uh, pull a 76.05. And then down south, Atlanta Quest scored an 81.5 at a Jeepa show, which uh, definitely has me excited to see how they'll do. Uh, Justin, you're in Florida, right? Oh, yeah, I am. Right, so you must be a little in a little familiar with Infinity down there. They uh, scored a seventy nine point seven at their premiere show in Cypress Creek, and hey. I really recommend checking this show out on YouTube. There's already a really good video of it, and I think it's a really entertaining show. Everyone should probably go check it out. Uh, Is it to called close it out, Not the Drumline? Is it called Not the Twenty Twenty Three Show? 
Hmm. Uh, no, this one is not. They were very, very explicit. <laughs> they were like Infinity Percussion, Cypress Creek High School, February 11th, 3 p.m. <laughs> scoring a 79.7. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, I actually got the score from the description of that video. Not even joking. Wow. Um, <laughs> Uh, but finally, closing it off in my neck of the woods, the Mid-Atlantic, O&J Roberts got off to a strong start in A. They won the first MAPS competition of the year, and Old Bridge High School posted a sturdy 77.1 in open class exhibition at their home show. And I know that those kids have hands, especially that baseline. Can't wait to get to a competition and see them perform later this year. And that's all I really got for this week's percussion wrap-up. Uh, but we're coming up on our first WGI regionals near the end of February. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to talk about soon. For sure. Uh, now, if you it. guys all don't know, our friend and fellow host, Chris Rutt, he is married to a phenomenal woman. Besides all the amazing things that his wife is personally, she is also, get this, a middle school band director. <laughs> That's quite a job. <laughs> I personally, I hope she gets combat pay. Um, anyways, <laughs> Chris couldn't join us this week because his lovely wife has recruited him to build props for her drumline show that's coming out this weekend. <laughs> that middle school feeds into the amazing high school program, which we just talked about a few minutes ago, Stephen Chino Hills. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm quite familiar with that program. That's so cool. I didn't know that we have a connection right there with a good middle school program. I, it has to be why they're so good. They just start early over there on the West Coast. Well, and I just have to say about Chris, he's connected to everybody. I swear, every time I talk to him, it's he's like, oh, yeah, I know so-and-so. And I'm like, how do, how do you know so-and-so from, like, the small town next door to me and, like... I, I don't know. He's he, he knows everyone in the marching arts world. I swear. Goals. I'll get there one day. <laughs> All right, everyone. It's time to let Nicole have control of rehearsal. So take it away, Nicole. Hey, this is Nicole, one of your hosts for On a Water Break. And I want to tell you about the cookout. The cookout is an event celebrating people of color in Color Guard. This event is happening in Dayton, Ohio, April 16th, the day after WGI finals at the Courtyard Marriott Hotel, AKA headquarters. There will be presenters and speakers, networking opportunities, food, and more. To get more information on how to get your tickets to go to the cookout, visit marchingcookout.com or visit our Instagram, it's the cookout CG, or our Facebook page, the cookout. We can't wait to see you there. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. Shop our extensive consignment inventory for great looks for your team that won't break your budget. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. Check out our fun merchandise and gift items. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Contact us for custom show design services. Clean out your storage areas and get money back into your budget with our consignment program. Guard Closet is here to help you get all you want and need this winter season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media.
Thanks, guys. Uh, as you know, February is Black History Month. And this month on a water break, we'll be talking with Black people in the marching arts community. We want to explore the history of the marching arts from all perspectives. And this is the perfect time to get a really great historical Black perspective on the activity that's often seen predominantly as white. Now, according to Wikipedia, the first HBCU ban was established in 1890 at Tuskegee Normal School at later Tuskegee University um, under student direction. So in 1907, its first professional director retired U.S. Army Major Nathan, excuse me, Nathaniel Clark Smith was appointed. Ensembles at additional historically black colleges, university followed. Under early direction of W.C. Hardy, a former minstrel show musician, Alabama A&M University began performing popular songs of the day in addition to marches. An approach to music selection later popularized among other HBCU bands. So this change in the musical selection permitted the entire country and began to change how other bands played music. The earliest incarnation of modern HBCU style of marching band uh, in which distinctive high-stepping style uh, collaced with uh, popular music and elaborate dance routines by bandsmen and auxiliary, it has been traced to Florida A&M and in the 1940s. Uh, beginning in 1952, under the direction of Conrad Hutchison, the Grambling State University Band cultivated a reputation for extravagant performances that soon emulated by bands at most other HBCUs. From an early stage, HBCU bands have placed a focus on performing a musical repertoire reflective of a popular song of the day. So a practice later adopted by other college bands. This has recently included heavy emphasis on R&B, hip hop, chart toppers. HBCU bands are also known for punches, short musical pieces drawn from the melody of songs associated with popular culture, such as television and movie theme songs. So like during stoppages in a game, or on any gameplay, uh, these would be performed in alternate sequences with the opposing band, with ensemble. They're able to perform uh, the most without repeating any winning, any winning the battle. <laughs> We're thrilled to begin this conversation with some amazing people. Let's meet them and hear a little bit about how they are involved in the activity. Let's meet them right now and hear a little bit about how they are involved in the activity. We have Desiree Hunter, Gary Bryant, and Derek Walker. So, Gary, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hello. My name is Gary Bryant, and I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina. I've been involved in the marching arts since 1997, so a good little chunk of time now. Um, currently the drill designer at North Carolina Agriculture and Technical State University, among other HBCUs. Um, and I also own the Spilled LLC, which is my umbrella, which I design and consult through. Glad to have you. All right, next up we have uh, Desiree Hunter. Uh, I'm Desiree Hunter. Um, I went to North Carolina A&T State University. I marched there from 2012 to 2016. Captain from 2015-2016. Now I'm coaching my own majorette team, and I also have my own YouTube platform where I cover all things HBCU dance, um, the true meaning of being an HBCU dancer, and I'm a mom of three. So, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. All right. Yeah. And, and then the last we have Derek Walker. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Derek. 
Again, my name is Derek Walker. I am Director of Fine Arts here in Cedar Hill ISD in Cedar Hill, Texas. I have been a music educator for the last 22 years. Um, I am a graduate of the Southern University, the number one HBCU band in the country. <laughs> yes, I'm starting off with smack this morning. Um, <laughs> so, yes, no other way. Right, right. So I am very excited to be here. I, I've had the opportunity to work with Gary and Desiree, so I'm, I'm glad to see their faces this morning. I love it. I love that y'all have all worked together, and I'm just getting to meet you. So I will tell you that as far as uh, HBCU marching bands are concerned, I know very little. And I'm excited to know a lot more. Um, so I guess what I will talk to y'all all about, uh, first I'll start with Gary because you do a lot um, with designing the shows. Tell me where you start. Well, you know, I my inspirations come from so many different places. You know, I'm one that I'm not a one-dimensional person, so I just seek from a lot of places. And, you know, drill design is nothing foreign, uh, not, nothing new to me. I've been doing this since I was 15 years old, so I started in high school. And so I just, I have to dig from a lot of places to get to where I'm going. So, I mean, the, the root of it all is music. And I just kind of really let the music take me to where it needs to go. It's a big word mm -hmm. that I like to use, which is, musical uh, visual musicality and you know are you seeing what you're hearing are you hearing what you're seeing and i always just try to make sure anytime that you see something out of design that you're seeing what's going on in the music you feel it and so making sure that all of those things happen so what are the main elements that you deal with within like the overall design well the big thing is and i could just talk about what i do at north carolina a&t you know we're a big moving entity where all things move in our group we're not just some bands where their percussion don't move they have auxiliaries that move everything is very integrated and yeah. that's how the director of bands like to have it and so the big thing is just making sure that the program the whole totality because we're a band that we navigate mostly in in theme pageantry now and so everything is connected with a theme and so you have to make sure that from the music the visual the auxiliary that everything is telling a story and that it all blends together and my job is to make sure i'm the seamstress of it all so i have to really like sew it all together and make it all happen I love that. You're the seamstress. Okay. Because we got a sewing machine. I love mm -hmm. it. So, okay. So in, in having that put together, like Desiree, once you, cause you're with the dance team and like the auxiliary. Yeah. Do once you get, do you like get the music first and then like put the dance moves with that? Or do y'all have stuff that you pull from like, you know, eight counts and stuff like that. Like, tell me how the dance team happens, because I will tell you, I am a fangirl for the HBCU dance team. So please yeah. tell me your secret and all that. <laughs> uh, well, I speaking from Gone Delight, I will say that we're kind of like auxiliary. That's not like any other um, only because we do so much. So, um, we're kind of integrated with the whole entire planning of the show, like from staff, they all work together. Miss Tiffany, our um, director, she's mm -hmm. right hands on with everything. So soon as she, I'm sorry, y'all might hear my little baby over here. He, he cried, he crawling over here, so sorry about that. But, um, yeah, so once they figure out like what the theme of the show, what we're going to be doing, um, they'll go ahead and send us a MIDI file and that's pretty much like the you know, like the computerized version of the band music. And uh -huh. sometimes we'll go off of that, go ahead and make up the choreography for that. Like during band camp is our biggest like choreography makeup 
That's when mm-hmm. we'll, you know, make up all of our field shows for the year. For majority of the year, we'll go ahead and make those up during band camp. So sometimes it's to the music. Sometimes we just go ahead and just, you know, put some eight counts and stuff together. But most of the time, we're very well integrated with the, you know, with the marching band and the whole show planning committee. It's a teamwork, really. Okay. So do you, do y'all put on one show per season or is it multiple shows a season? Mul- multiple shows. Um, and oh. I think, I think it ranges every year. Um, I know like some years, like we might have like two shows that we might um, do multiple times, but might change it up just a little bit, depending on if we're doing a seven minute show or a uh-huh. 20 minute show. Um, so we might have like two of the same shows, but most likely we'll always have, uh, you know, a good homecoming show. Um, if we're doing like a big bout of bands, we'll have a show specifically for that. So sometimes we're learning a field show in just a week. Um, especially if we're changing up, you know, the music or the drill or Dr. Ruff want to teach a whole new drill. We're learning all that within a week if it's not taught during band camp. Wow. Gosh, that's a lot. And I know that college bands do that, but like, it's just a lot because not only do you march, do you dance, do you play, but everyone at some point dances. Um, You did talk about uh, Battle of the Bands. So Derek, I want to talk to you about Mm -hmm. that. Like, have you ever done a Battle of the Bands? Too many. Could you tell me? I'm ashamed to tell you how many. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be ashamed. I I mean, could you tell me what happens during the ballot bands? Like, I know it's like a competition. Correct. Yeah. Yes, okay. Each, so each, go ahead and run down each, that. Each for battle me. of bands is different. You know, some battle of bands you have it to where you have the field show is one is one element, and then you have the stand battle is one element. And then some um, battle of bands is just a field show aspect of it. So each each one of them are different. Sometimes they're scored differently. So, you know, as, a, as uh-huh. a high school person, you know, the biggest uh, obstacle I have to overcome is make sure I'm getting the judge sheets ahead of time and say, OK, now what actually are they judging? Are they judging? Are they judging dance moves from the band, from the color guard, auxiliary uh-huh. band placement? Are they judging stand tunes? So a lot goes on behind the scenes when you just see something. Hey, there's a battle of bands coming up. So, OK, I have a question for you because you just talked about this and you said, oh, are they, you know, judging how the, the how the marching band is, you know, dancing or whatever. So it's not just judging how they're marching, like high step or whatever. Like it's how in sync they are with any dance moves they have yeah, as well. All of that. It's, it's everything, you know, that, that goes into your visual and your general effect. You know, Gary is the expert in judging, you know, that category when it comes to visual and um, general effects. But it's, 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 the, it's the knee lift. It's the turns. It's the pivots. It's the marching. It's the uh-huh. marching stride. It's the horn carriage. It's the sound. It's the, it's the intonation. It's the balance and blend of the sound. Uh, it's the articulation yeah. of the songs. You know, are, are your lines straight when you're doing the uh, when you're doing the tootsie roll? Are we just out there doing it? You know, <laughs> you know, it, all of that encompasses. You know, and a lot of people they don't understand that because their favorite band who just broke it down for five minutes. Their, li- their lines <laughs> might have been crooked the, the four minutes before that. So when they lose the competition, everybody's like, oh, well, how did that happen? You know. <laughs> I love that. So, okay. So you just talked about how there's stand battle and then there is um, on the field, yes. right? Okay. So talk to me about stand battle. Like what, 
What goes on in that one? Well, the stand battles get heated because you know that that's the that's the that's almost like a boxing match. You 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 you're one on one with that band. So if if if, if band A is going to play, you know, um, I don't want to give uh, credits to certain artists. Uh, uh, Michael Jackson, you know, you're gonna look, you're thinking yeah. in your book. Okay, what can I come back with that? What can I come back with that? So it's like a back and forth type thing. So you've got you okay. So everyone's got something in their pocket. That is correct. Oh my gosh! So it's on the spot. Yes, it's on the spot. Mo- a good number of the HBCU marching bands today have about seventy to eighty pop tunes in their pocket. Um. Okay. So okay, I get where the band comes. So Desiree, how does <laughs> How does the dance team come into uh, the the stand battles? Um, the stand battles. Um, I mean, we most likely have. I got to speak from going to like because I mean that's my experience. Right. Um, and we kind of do our stands differently, like going hand in hand with band camp. We make up our routines. We do all of that. So most of our um, routines in the stand battle is planned out um, and. Once we figure out the song list, so if it's a battle of the bands, they'll probably give us like a certain amount of rounds that we'll do. So we'll go ahead and prepare those ahead of time and mm-hmm. make sure that we deliver what we want. Like, I don't know. It, it's it's a it's a work in progress. And right. um, the stand battle part is definitely, I will say, one of the biggest aspects of being a part of an HBCU marching band uh, for the dance team and for the band period. It's such a great yeah. experience. I feel like you would get... <laughs> super hyped <laughs> yes. during that. and yes. I'm, I know you have to regain especially in the dance team you have to have some kind of composure you know I've yeah. seen everything is stanced and everything and I'm just like oh. but yeah I, I mean I would I don't know if I would be able to control it <laughs> yeah and you definitely have to stay on your toes you know because you never know what goes on at a battle you don't know if the band's going to pull out another song so you always have to be ready and you have uh, to be prepared and you got to do your homework before you even <clears throat> step foot onto the field, step foot into that battle. So you just got to always be ready. So it can change at any moment. It can. Most times it don't, you know, but yeah. it can. It can it change. Can. Yeah. It can. You got to uh, be prepared. You just got to be prepared. I want you all to sound off about this. It's just like, okay, so, you know, at who can, whoever can answer this, but I want to say like, I don't want to say heated because like there's a lot of camaraderie between all HBCU marching bands. I've mm-hmm. seen it. Um, so like, I guess tell me about um, a really good battle that you've seen or either been part of. I've been a part of some pretty intense battles in my time. Um, You know, one of my first big battles that I had to attend as a marching member was we played Southern University in Las Vegas. You know, I I was a freshman. So the, the big thing, typically when you go to a battle, it's like the game and it's nothing more. But we had a Friday night battle prior to the game and that was very intense like face to face we were right across from each other so it was like preparing you know at that point we hadn't we hadn't seen southern university since 1994 so you know the stakes were high big time this was this was in las vegas in 2003 so this was 20 years ago at this point and big battle and i mean we had just literally came off the cusp of winning a big battle the week before we competed in uh, this first ever adjudicated competition in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we beat out Florida A&M, Howard University, we won first place. And so 
the next week, you know, we're getting on a plane and we're going to Vegas to next couple of weeks, I'd say. We'd already had a game. So in about about two, three weeks down the line, we went to uh-huh. go play. So in, in this battle, it was very intense. I mean, it got pretty intense. They carried on into the next day, into the game. And it, and it gets very intense because you're around fans. So why was it intense? The, the intensity of it all was... The crowd. The crowd plays on a lot of things. You know, when the crowd like, ooh, like this man play that. Like the crowd is what kind of makes it intense because they really it's the energy in the room. I would say it's it's the energy that you really kind of just it's the it's the energy of it all. Because when you're in a battle of that magnitude, it's the Uh two bands and then it's all of the crowd around you surrounding like everything on the floor beside you. So you just submerged in the crowd and it's the bands. And it Uh and it gets intense so like both Derek and Desiree said when a song is called out and then one comes out you got to come out with your next best thing mm-hmm. and even sometimes right. Desiree can attest to as a dancer what might have worked as a captain what it might would have worked for a move you might have to say okay we got to ditch that routine that we did and come follow me like it gets that intense like you got to pull out Ooh. your best so <laughs> I, that's that I can describe it oh gosh so Delray, Desiree tell us about a moment that that happened when you were like, nope, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like, um, I, I, I would say like this. I'm a true band head. And uh, one mm-hmm. thing that I always wanted to experience in marching band, which I didn't really get a chance to experience in college, was uh, a band brawl. It, it happened before I was in marching band. It happened uh, once I left. So I really didn't get a chance to get that like band brawl battle. But it's been games where um, one I can remember, I think my first year as captain, um, the Aggie Eagle Classic is something that's huge to us because that's one of our um, rival t- uh, schools. So we always, you know, have a classic game against them. And I remember the the band was at the, I think we were playing fifth quarter. And fifth quarter can go on, you know, for some time, <laughs> depending on how long each band goes back and forth with each other. And yeah. I remember we were coming on our last song and Central decides to walk out the stand. So I don't know what I did. It was like an, a, a moment where I just like waved to the other team telling them bye. The whole team yeah. was like, my team was like really, really hyped behind me. They're like, should we do that too? But they knew what to do. They didn't want to fall asleep. So those moments, it can be intense. Um, uh-huh. Those things can be sp- sporadic as a captain. It's been many a times like that, but that's one in particular that I can remember that. You know, Hold things on. got out of pocket. <laughs> oh, right. I'm sure. Okay, so we have to back up a little bit because you just taught me something. What is a band brawl? A band brawl is kind of, I mean, it's like a battle of bands, but like, I mean, I know from my experience, like A&T and Norfolk will have like a gym battle. Uh, I don't know if we just called it a brawl or if it's we a did. thing. Yeah, so I think it's probably between two bands. So, like, even, like, Southern and Jackson had their kind of band brawl this previous season. So I think a brawl is kind of two bands going head-to-head rather than six different bands doing a round robin like that, if that makes sense. That's what I think it is. That's kind of how I think of a band brawl. How long does that go on for? (sighs) It depends. (laughs) I mean... Everybody out. (laughs) Yes, I think Southern and Jackson's battle went on for at least an hour and a half. Like it was a very, very long, intense battle. And the bands, I mean, they probably did almost 10 rounds back to back. So that's 10 songs a piece, you know, for each band. So it can get pretty lengthy. That is a lot of dancing, y'all. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so it's safe to say 
that you have to have swagger yes behind those uniforms tell me a little bit about that like i'm sure when you know kids are coming in to march y'all marched you know you had to learn yes you have to learn how to play your horn yes you have to learn how to uh i guess you know do other things and then are like okay let me teach you swagger how does that conversation happen <laughs> tell me it's it don't. <laughs> that's 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 not a conversation that happens. That's something that you you don't have that conversation. It's kind of like the unspoken thing. When you put that uniform on, you know it's game time. Like, we, we prepare so hard during the week that you don't really have to have that conversation. It's more so of that feeling when you put that uniform on. And, and now I'm three sets of uniforms behind of where our band is now that I marched in. And when I put on a uniform, I put on a uniform that was made in 1985. So the feeling to put on that raggedy uniform, it was like not this big feeling in the world because mm-hmm. I knew like I looked, I looked at, I looked at that uniform. And I was like, okay, now it's time to put it on. And you just know when you put that uniform on, it's game time at that point. There's nothing else. You got to be focused and you got to be zoned in. It's not a lot of talking. Right on. It's like Frozone. Where's my super suit? <laughs> All right. So I, I'm, I'm going to go around. Derek, I'll start with you. What is your most memorable moment of being at your HBCU marching band? And then tell me the name of your the marching band you were in. Okay. Again. My most memorable moment will be marching for President um, Clinton's inaugural parade uh, State University. I think that was, um, might have been the spring of 1997 when he got inaugurated, President Clinton. So, you know, marching, and mm-hmm. it was very, very, you know, coming from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and flying up to Washington, D.C., I personally was not ready for the cold and the wind. And I'm just like, why did I sign <laughs> up for this? But... You know, as we got closer to the parade, as we got closer to the president, you know, that that pride starts coming in. And I'm just like, man, we've been marching like three miles. When is this going to end? But, man, when you get close, it's just you get that second win and that energy. And it's just it's just boom. And that's something, you know, I always tell my students about. I'll never forget that moment. That's amazing. Oh, Gary, tell me about your most memorable moment. I spoke on it before, but I'll speak on it again. Uh, Most memorable moment that I can say during my time and me and Desiree actually kind of share a moment. Anytime my band is put in a in an adjudicated setting, we always win. And it's because of the makeup of our band. So in 2003, we won Defeat the Beat, which was a big competition, but it was so big because at the time, it was my director of bands, Kenneth Ruff. It was his first year as director of bands. It was our very first performance. And we went out and we won. You know, we had to come prepare very extra hard in July to go out in August when most people are starting band camp to compete. And we went, we did a 16 minute show and we won. So that, that to me would be, I, I would say would be my most memorable moment. And again, it's the blue and gold marching machine from North Carolina agriculture and technical state university. Yes. Okay. All right. Desiree, tell me about yours, girl. Um, I have so many and I'm so thankful for all the memories that I do have, like um, going to Mardi Gras and stuff like that. But my most memorable moments is at the Georgia Dome, Honda Belda Bands. Um, I went four times out of the five times we went to we were invited to the Honda Belda Band. So I have a lot of memories there. Um, my favorite moment was 2000 and 
14 ballad bands when we did the night show. I mean, the feeling, because we worked so hard. We came back from Christmas break early to start preparing for Honda. So it was just a lot of hard work. We had a big pinwheel at the end of the show and just the feeling of coming off of it. I mean, everybody was crying, bawling, and I was just really proud of the whole entire program because the hard work that we put in is just... It's just amazing what the ending product is. So that's one of my favorite moments, Honda. Oh, gosh. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, I want to thank y'all so much for being here. Like, I felt like we were just kiki and around and sitting around and having a good time. And we were. And I felt like I just made some new friends, too. So if you get a Facebook request, please accept it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. Shop our extensive consignment inventory for great looks for your team that won't break your budget. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. Check out our fun merchandise and gift items. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Contact us for custom show design services. Clean out your storage areas and get money back into your budget with our consignment program. Guard Closet is here to help you get all you want and need this winter season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. Hey, this is Nicole, one of your hosts for On a Water Break, and I want to tell you about The Cookout. The Cookout is an event celebrating people of color in Color Guard. This event is happening in Dayton, Ohio, April 16th, the day after WGI finals at the Courtyard Marriott Hotel, AKA headquarters. There will be presenters and speakers, networking opportunities, food, and more. To get more information on how to get your tickets to go to the cookout, visit marchingcookout.com or visit our Instagram, it's the cookout CG, or our Facebook page, the cookout. We can't wait to see you there. Thanks, Nicole, for those interviews. Seeing inside an HBCU and having such amazing people talk about it certainly educates me. Another fierce educator is our girl, Whitney. She has some more things to say to us this week in wisdom from Whitney. So take it away, girl. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Wisdom with Whitney. How are you feeling today? Check in with yourself and just do a little assessment. Are you okay? Are you just okay? Could you be better? What if you just did a little something nice for yourself? Can you put some makeup on? Maybe get dressed up for really no reason at all, just besides to make yourself feel better and go out, take yourself out. Go, to, go see a movie, go anywhere that you enjoy and try to just enjoy being you and being alive and feeling good and looking good. I think self-care is really important and it's very important in these uh, really busy times of January and February. We often get caught up in color guard because it, well, pageantry because it consumes us, but don't forget about yourself. Make sure you take care of yourself and you can't really help anybody else if you can't help yourself. It's like the RuPaul quote, if you can't love yourself, how the heck are you gonna love anybody else? 
same thing here. So take care of yourself. Don't forget about you. You are always most important. I hope everybody has a fabulous weekend, whether you're at rehearsal or at a competition. Good luck, good show, and just be present and don't forget about you. Thanks, Whitney. We can totally relate to how you feel. All right, everyone, it's Gush and Go time. The time in our show where our hosts and guests get to gush and go on about anything they want having to do with the marching arts. Up first, let's go ahead and let one of our guests have the microphone. Gary Bryant, take it away, Gary. Hello again, my name is Gary Bryant, owner and creative director of The Spill LLC. And my gush and go is to, I want to charge the next people to be creative. Be creative. Don't hold on to that idea and think that it's a dumb idea. You know, we need more creatives in the world, more visual designers, you know, in, in this realm. So don't be afraid to push, grow, create, and stimulate. You know, the, the biggest thing is stagnation of what we see, and I like to see new and fresh ideas. So I just charge people to keep pushing those bounds of creativity. Don't limit yourself. Okay, who's next? In honor of you being back this week, Justin, you take it away. Oh, gosh. All right. Um, so gush and go. I've got just so much going on that I haven't really been able to delve deep into what's going on out there. But I mean, I all I've got really to say is I am actually in the works of this really big project that we are trying to bring into the Orlando, Florida area. I wish I could give you more details. All I can say is that it is guard related and it is going to be pretty epic if we're able to get everything pulled together. It's too early to give any more details than that. But if you're a performer in the Orlando area and you're listening, be on the lookout because we're going to be looking for lots of you. That's going to be awesome. Steven, what do you got? I uh, tried judging my first competition this last weekend with TIA as a trial judge, and uh, I'm just way more impressed by judges now than I ever was before. Much more (laughs) difficult than I ever imagined it would be. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I remember those feelings. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) there's a lot to it. I was super impressed with uh, my judge mentor Blake Berge at uh, at uh, Whatever they call it at the end, I'm drawing a blank when you talk to the uh, <laughs> the uh, rest of the bands and the, the people that run them. He had just so much information and I would have drawn a complete blank there as well, just like I did moments ago. But <laughs> I can't wait to get in there, do it again, maybe sometime next month. That's been a fun time for me. It gets easier. Nice. It gets easier. It does. It does. I hope it does. <laughs> <laughs> I need well, to gush and go about my local circuit this week because uh for those of you who follow the um spintronics social media you probably know we are not fielding a competition team this year currently and we're doing a lot of local performances and local stuff and kind of working on building up our programs here and uh but of course the circuit still goes on and has all of their competitions and they uh have like just this week, for some reason, a whole bunch of people have been messaging me and telling me how much they all miss seeing us at the competitions. And so that kind of Aww. has warmed my heart. I'm just like, oh, I miss you guys, too. Like, I miss going to competitions. And, and you know, it, I've had a lot of fun with all the local performances. We've been doing the parades and such. But it, I don't know. Without competitions, it's just it's a different beast. And, and mm-hmm. it's 
mm-hmm. it's a totally different way of looking at things and and yeah i i miss it a whole lot <laughs> so not gonna lie jackie i missed my yearly trip to come see you it's I, been kind of oh, hard i missed you too so much i was like i was like wait a minute i we're not competing this year we're not gonna get to see justin um number one <laughs> we're not gonna get to go to competitions number two uh <laughs> yeah there's a lot of things it's just it's a whole different world and but i think that what we're doing now is going to be strengthening our program for the future especially since i'm kind of taking a little bit of a step back and not doing as much of the directing of the actual like hands-on directing and instructing since you know i have a baby um but you yeah, have a what a baby what? I, I know right who knew because <laughs> i never talk about him on this podcast ever never <laughs> oh man okay <laughs> that's that's it for me <laughs> <laughs> well thank you jack yeah I, I hope you guys can get back out there soon um for those of you who are playing along at home the magic word from my gush and go was critique Oh, um, oh! <laughs> it was not on my bingo card. I had no idea. I was like, I was like, okay, are we having a clinic or what? Whatever you say, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they run competitions so. differently up in the Northeast. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how good a judge I make. I can't even remember that it's called critique. But um, <laughs> last week we added a new segment from our friends at the Marching Pageantry Arts Museum. Each week they're going to give us a little bit of history so we can know what came before us. They're working on a much larger series that's going to be coming in April to On a Water Break, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. But now it's time to take a little march through history, so take it away, Bill. Hey everybody, this is Bill Ives from the Marching Pageantry Arts Museum in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania with this week's fascinating snippet of the marching pageantry history. Did you know that in 1964, that Criterion's Junior Corps of Newburgh, New York, were practicing in Springfield, Massachusetts for the Northeastern Circuit Championship. Red Barnum, the horn instructor, was leading the corps that day. Unbeknownst to us at the time, there were brass judges watching our practice. That night, after the performance in reviewing the GE brass score sheets, we noticed a comment on how much better the horn line was uh, from the different evening drum major. The funny part of this was that our normal drum major, George Garrison, is deaf. And George was doing his thing, and the core was doing their thing. He felt the vibrations and watched the core. The core pretty much knew what to do. Strange as it seems, it all worked. Stay tuned to future podcast episodes for more fascinating snippets from the colorful history of this wonderful activity we call the Marching Arts. To learn more about the Marching Pageantry Arts Museum, go to marchingpageantryartsmuseum.org and follow us on social media. Could you believe that? I could not imagine conducting and not even being able to hear the ensemble. I I don't even really understand how you do it, to to be honest. Uh, yeah, that's just kind of crazy to me. Trying to process how that would work, I, my mind is blown. Yeah, you got to have some good eyes or something. I I don't even know what you're watching for back there. Um, right. <laughs> but now we've learned about the past. It's time to move on to the present with some news. So I've got our first story for this week. Unfortunately, it's a bit of a sad one. Um, Elizabeth Forward High School outside of Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania had an extensive fire in the music area or auditorium of their high school on Sunday, Mm -hmm. February 12th. 
Many of the other schools are stepping in to help, though. They've raised money for them. They also have a Disney trip planned very soon. Oh. Our best wishes go out to Elizabeth Forward High School. Anyone who's listening, I believe there's a GoFundMe or something of the like of it out there as well that we could try to pay forward and help get them back on their feet. Um, it's at least good to see that they have some support from the community, but always a sad mm -hmm. story to see when these sort of kind of tragedies just go down at the uh, at the high school programs well, especially right before something as big as a disney trip like that disney trip you only get to go on it like once every four years or something like that you can't go mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. like something you can do constantly over and over and and like it's like okay it's our year for our disney trip to happen so we're gonna like work our tails off to get all this money raised and and for that tragedy to just happen right before that is oh heartbreaking yeah, yeah that is and I, I can definitely think back to being in high school and like you have such a connection to your band room to your auditorium as a high school music student there's so many like years of tradition getting built up in that space so mm -hmm. I, i'm sure it's got to be pretty heartbreaking for all those kids mm -hmm. no absolutely well our best wishes go out to them hopefully they can get a lot of support get every get the wheels turning again as soon as possible absolutely uh, Justin, um, you got the next one? Oh, you're right. I do, actually. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I've been gone for too long. I forgot how everything works. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll forgive uh, you this time. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, please forgive me as I work my way back into this. Um, so uh, what I've got is something uh, to turn it around a little uplifting. It's kind of cool, actually. So there's a retired band director in Illinois. Um, who not only had an auditorium, a band room, and music offices named in his honor, but he affected so much with the community at large and just so many people in his tenure there that they actually named a street after him. Uh, it, it's really Aww. cool to see how... I know it's really cool to see how like the impact uh, that we have not only on the students, but also on the community can like really reward something like that. Like that's just so cool that, you know, um, it's now uh, part of South Griswold street um, <laughs> over in the manual high school area. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool that they've, um, you know, named a street after them. Yeah, it would be really difficult for my favorite band director I had. His his last name was Mayor Zach. I'm pretty sure that I'm the only person that ever pronounced his name correctly. At least the other students were. Anytime that his name was announced at competitions, it was Major Zach, Major Chack. Nobody, it, it gets tough with some of those Polish spellings. So my high school band director uh, was, of course, married to the color guard instructor. Hello, small town. She's also the choir teacher. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I they're the ones who got me like into DCI and and, you know, really gave me a good head start with all this stuff because they were just so excited about it. Their names were Fudge. Mr. and Mrs. Fudge. So that would be a really <laughs> fun one, I think. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Great. Well. I have some more news to share with you guys. The uh, the cadets of Bergen County from Allentown, Pennsylvania, are moving across the state now to Erie, Pennsylvania, going all the way west. So we'll what? have no groups actually from Allentown for the DCI Reese Regional anymore. Uh, 
But I mean, hey, I'm with the change. I've heard that they uh, they used to do some spring training up there in Erie. They would do a couple mm-hmm. weeks at the college up there. I bet they're really like locking down their home base. And I feel like that kind of a Midwest community up there, smaller town, they might be really excited to bring a group like the cadets in and have them set up their home base there year round. So going to be a new town, the cadets of Erie, Pennsylvania nice. moving forward. No, that's awesome. I mean, Are they I'm still feeling a little old, but I'd yeah. imagine they'll still do East at Allentown because I, I believe they did East in Allentown before the cadets set their their home base oh, okay. up there. Oh, okay. okay, I didn't know if they were hosts or what. It's been a long time since I've been there. <laughs> like, it hasn't been that long, hosts. Jackie. Stop it. I, let's not talk about how long it's been. Actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's no other real good stadiums up in that area. Regardless, I feel like Jay Bernie mm. Crum is kind of like a traditional spot. I would be surprised if they ever moved from there. But maybe we'll have a, a home show up in Erie, PA. Now, do it, Cadets on the Lake, or something like that. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I need to talk about something. I, I, I'm not here to talk about politics, but okay. I do need to talk a little <laughs> bit about a Senate bill in Iowa that is mm-hmm. being proposed uh, that would give PE credit for marching arts activities and show choir. It's uh, a step so, in the right direction. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So the Iowa Senate Education Committee is proposing this and uh yeah, it's already it's already a thing there for certain um sports. It's like if you're involved mm-hmm. in certain sports activities, they will excuse you from having to get a PE credit. Now you have to like like you have to do the equivalent number of hours and stuff like that. There's a lot of there's sure. a lot of like paperwork and red tape behind it. But um, bringing the marching arts into this color guard marching band, like you can get your PE credit. And if you okay. just love marching band, you get involved like in middle school if you're at Chino Hills or, uh, <laughs> at, you know, your freshman year, whatever. And you just do marching band every year. You're going to have your PE credit without actually having to take a PE course so okay Iowa I see you I see you all right (laughs) that'll probably incentivize uh kids to join marching band and things like that too so I'm in love with that idea well and like how much how much like stuff like thinking about what physical education actually is how much of that did you learn in your physical education class versus how much did you learn from being in marching band you know what i mean oh my gosh i learned so much more in marching band than i did in the pe classes that i had to take at summer school classes because i couldn't fit them along with all my my band classes during the regular year (laughs) summer school pe sounds dreadful i can't imagine it with the heat oh i actually liked it better because we went to the pool every day and we played tennis so oh, you're lucky no i was <laughs> having to run around the track or the cross-country field and then as soon as it was done i had 30 minutes and then it was marching band practice so yep. hash uh, but hashtag not better <laughs> whatever you say justin <laughs> all right everyone thanks for a great rehearsal this week thank you to our hosts steven justin nicole cindy whitney and chris Thank you so much to Gary Bryant, Derek Walker, and Desiree Hunter for giving us a deep dive into HBCU marching bands. Go subscribe, write us a review, and share this podcast with a friend. And we'll see you at the next rehearsal on a water break.